Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Episode 165 already. My goodness, is this flying by. I'm not getting any younger as I say that. 165 episodes. I haven't even done the math to figure out how many hours it is, but I am Tyler Chef. This is the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And thank you for coming out and listening to me. I didn't say it when I was on the phone with him, but I just hung up a call with a guy by the name of, we'll call him Matt G out of Salt Lake City. Talked to him. He came in on the, and scheduled a time to sit down with me and talk on the uh, Ask Tyler. You can go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler to get on my calendar. One thing he said kind of rung with me is that he's been waiting. He's been putting off a while talking to me because he didn't want to, let's say, burn his time, so to speak. And although I appreciate that and I'm honored that that's the case, my concern is that he passed on a value opportunity until now, like he delayed his time until now. And folks, I'm if you're hearing the sound of my voice and we haven't spoken on the phone, if I haven't helped you get unstuck, if you haven't just picked up the phone and said, dude, what do I do next? I'm not getting any deals. I don't know where to get the money, whatever your question is, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler, get on the phone with me. It's absolutely free. There is no expectation of anything except for you listening as I answer your questions. That's it. And with that, I'm going to leave it right there. I want to talk to you about something I announced a few weeks ago, and I want to talk about one of my favorite companies out there. And today's episode, as a matter of fact, is supported by my friends at Rentometer. And yes, it's Rentometer. I used to think it was Rentometer, but I actually asked the question when I was talking to the president and uh, his team, and uh, they have graciously agreed. This is the first announcement. They've graciously agreed to sponsor the podcast. So Rentometer is your number one source for up-to-date rent information anywhere in the U.S., ladies and gentlemen. Okay, if you want to double-check current rents or research property investment opportunities, Rentometer has a free trial that gets you access to all of their pro features. They don't hold anything back. You can use zip code neighborhood searches. You can use Google Street View uh, integration. You can do bash. You can do all kinds of things. And to get over there, get signed up for a free trial. I use it. I am a pro account holder. I have been for years. Matter of fact, I just renewed my account uh, a few weeks ago. And I use that service constantly because I needed to understand what places they're renting for, right? I'm not a flipper. I'm, a, I'm an actual investor and I need to know what properties are renting for. So please head over there and give them some love. If they ask you, let them know that Cashflow Guy sent you. That keeps uh, keeps this podcast free of charge for you and it allows me to continue to add the value because boy, guys and girls, this having a podcast is not cheap necessarily. But this week, I want to talk to you about who fixes what. And I, and I, we've never talked about this subject before. And ironically, idea for this came from the Rentometer website. They have a great blog. And as I dug into it, when I took on a sponsor, guys, and I was looking at this whole sponsorship thing, it was, I want to make sure I investigate the company thoroughly. Although I'm a customer of Rentometer myself, and I have been for years, and I recommend them constantly. I have for years. They've I used to have a little thing on the website in the whole nine yards. You'll see a lot of my social media posts going out there about Rentometer because I believe in the product. Now, I would never take on a sponsor where I don't believe in the product, and which is why part of the reason why you haven't seen me have a sponsor up till now. But I got to say, these people do good work, and I, and I love the, that, the way they put the data out. It's easy to use. That said, their blog is worth mentioning. I got to tell you, get over to their website. Go to rentometer.com forward slash blog and check out their blog. And I'm going to talk about some of the articles that I really 
enjoy. They're all good, but I there's several of them that kind of stuck out to me, and I want to talk about those over the next couple episodes because there's some really good things that I want to talk about that are going to help you. And this week, let's talk about the seven things tenants should fix. Now, full disclosure, this is a this is coming from a blog post, so the actual topics are written by or, or come up with somebody else, and those those seven things is the opinion of somebody else that wrote the the Rentometer blog. However, I happen to agree with them 100%. So let's get into it. And before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping, boys and girls. Uh, several of you have come over recently and asked to join the Cashflow Guys community over on Facebook. And I appreciate you coming over and patronizing the group. However, I've had a couple of you that haven't filled out any of the questions. There's three questions, basically. You agree not to spam or sell me you know, sunglasses or any other crap that you may have that you want to get rid of on the group. You're not going to drive us crazy. You're not going to pitch things. I want to know if you're if you're new, you experienced or what the story is. And there was one other thing. I don't remember what it was, but anyway, a lot of you are just not filling that out. And the other, <laughs> I hate to tell you guys, if you don't fill that out, I, I can't let you in. And that's for the benefit of the people in the group. See, there's no pitching, no self-promotion, none of that garbage in the group. So I just ask you to, to be cognizant of that going in. And if you're nice enough to fill that out, then you can absolutely come into the group and add value to us. And we, of course, will pour value into you. So starting out as landlords and property managers, let's go ahead and get to it. You've got many things that you're responsible for when it comes to the property. Now, some of the things that fall under the care of the tenants, I believe that a landlord should maintain their property. A property owner is responsible for a good deal of the maintenance. But after all, if you want it done, you, sometimes you better make sure you get it done yourself, right? And you also want to maintain the quality control. For me, that's a big one. We're not about necessarily getting it done as much as we are getting it done right. Jill and I are very quality obsessed. We're very detail-oriented people. Details matter to us. We want to make sure the windows are all caulked properly and that the paint's all the same color and it looks good and the trim is done properly. And for me, I've got a thing with dirty sidewalks. I can't stand a dirty sidewalk. It drives me nuts. Got to have <laughs> clean sidewalks and clean stoops and things like that. Everything needs to be neat and tidy in its place. And when you do that, folks, when you maintain a property properly, it will pay you tenfold because your tenants will take pride in it, provided that you choose the right tenants who take pride in where they live. Now, if you hire tenants that aren't very prideful folks, well, then kind of <laughs> it's your own fault. Before we go here, before we get started, I want to tell you guys just a little disclaimer. I'm not an attorney. Okay. You know that I do make fun of them on TV or on podcasts, but I'm not an attorney. And some of the items mentioned here, these are not necessarily required by law. So I don't want you to think that there's anything here that's necessarily required by law. Some of them may be in some markets. I don't know. I'm not an attorney and I certainly don't know state laws anywhere else, but the markets that I invest in, take it with as you will. Do your own research in your market. You should be familiar with with the laws and what, as a landlord, what you're entitled to. Even if you're not managing the property yourself, you've got somebody else managing the property, which is what smart people do. And then you want to make sure that the landlord, because ultimately you're responsible for the actions of your property manager. So make sure you are familiar with the laws as we go through this. But here's the top the seven things, in my opinion, I think that, that uh, in Rentometer's opinion, that should be taken care of. And number one is mold prevention. Now, if there's mold on the property, if it's caused by a faulty water line or plumbing, then as a landlord, I'm responsible for that mold, okay, that develops in those conditions. If, however, the mold occurred because there was not proper ventilation in the bathroom while your tenant was showering, well, then they're responsible for the mold. You might be saying, well, geez, Tyler, isn't it my responsibility to put a fan in there? Yes, but it's their responsibility to turn the damn thing on. And if there's a window, maybe they should open it. Have a Mold is a serious deal, especially down here in Florida. Mold is, is like a major deal down here in Florida. And this is not something you want to play games with. So just keep that in mind. And if you have the ability to put an exhaust fan, install one. 
one of the things that I do, just a little ninja secret here, to, I want to keep tabs on things, is I will send service providers into these units with advance notice to do things like change AC filters and stuff like that. And I have them looking for signs of mold. What I'm looking for is maybe there's a pile of, of damp or nasty clothes in the corner leading up against the wall. That's going to cause mold and mildew. And that's going to be the tenant's responsibility to take care of. But I, if I can catch these things early before it becomes a nightmare, then great. I'm going to tell you a short story. This is going to make this a long episode, but I wanted to get this out because this is important to you. Basically, I had a tenant get disgruntled because she thought that Donald Trump owned the building and, and intentionally flooded the building. A couple apartments got flooded and I we immediately filed a claim with the insurance company. However, the insurance company took their sweet time getting out there. Matter of fact, I'm getting ready to sue the insurance company because we still haven't settled this this situation. But long story short, it took a long time to get the insurance company out there to even look at the property, let alone do the right thing and take care of us. So with mold issues, if you start to see mold, deal with it right away. Don't let it sit there and continue to grow. I mean, it can get crazy and out of control. So keep that in mind. When you see mold has an issue coming up, get somebody in there to remediate it right away. Okay. Bugs. This is another one. I can't stand bugs. They really gross me out, but it's part of being a property manager or property uh, owner. Now, when a tenant moves in, it's up to you to have the house bug and pest free, which means garbage in, garbage out, guys. If you're not a good landlord, if you're kind of a dirtbag landlord, then well, you deserve what you get, in my opinion. But once the tenants moved in, it's their responsibility to keep it that way. So if it's pest free and bug free, and for me, what I do is I have the property manager or myself, if it's one of the Florida properties, I will go and do a videotape and I take several still photos that are date stamped of the property before they, the day before they move in. That way I could prove if I ever went to court, make it easy for my attorney. If I ever went to court, I can show that my units are in tip top shape. They are in fantastic shape. Another thing I will do is I will make, and I learned this from uh, Larry Harbold, Larry Harbold, sorry, and John Nuzalis. They both taught me this little trick is I do a video with them. Do a selfie video. Hey guys, just making sure you're happy. You want to capture this moment, making sure we're clean, everything, no dents in the fridge, everything's good. The walls are complete, got new carpet or new tile or whatever. And they're like, yay, this is great. You're the best landlord ever, Tyler. Woo. So later when we go to, if we go to uh, eviction court, well, I've got documentation of their big smiling mug and they're less likely to take advantage of me. So, but if your tenants have poor hygienic conditions that can attract bugs, it's kind of gross guys. I hope you're not eating and listening to this, but it's, it can happen. And I've unfortunately rented to people that presented well, even their car was clean. And I've told you when, when Jill and I meet tenants, one of the things we do is Jill walks out and takes a look at their car. She doesn't go written through it, but she just kind of peeks in the window and see what their car looks like. If their car is a disgusting mess, chances are they're a disgusting mess. That's been my experience after doing this all these years. So that said, understand who you're, you're working with. If somebody shows up and they smell like body odor and, and dirty butt or whatever, or their kids got lice and they're crawling across their foreheads, then that's probably not somebody you'd want to rent to because their dirty hygienic problem is going to become your dirty hygienic problem. So think about that. Now, in the lease, you everything that I talk about here, guys, you should spell these things out in the lease. My lease is seven pages long for a reason, because it addresses all these different things that might come up and spells them out in writing so that everybody agrees, everybody initials, and everybody's on the same page. Painting the walls. Now, if you're planning on letting tenants hang pictures or objects on the wall, which I do, you may want to specify in the lease how to have the, you want those holes repaired when the tenant moves out. Now, for me, we use a uh, knockdown texture on every single wall, surface, and ceiling on all of our properties. That way, it's it's real easy to patch 
the knockdown texture doesn't show. So it makes the tenant turnover experience easier. Now, at the end of the day, my mindset is this. If I can make it easier for them, it's automatically probably going to be easier for me because there's going to be no drama. And Tyler don't like no drama. Using knockdown texture, if they even do a lousy job, I can usually correct it or have it corrected by my handyman. I can go behind them and kind of make it better and then hit it with the texture and it kind of all disappears. That said, wall paint. I, what I do in my leases is I have a list of how much it costs to paint a bedroom, how much it costs to paint a living room, how much it costs to paint the kitchen, how much it costs to paint the ceilings. In each room, it's an itemized list based on what it costs me to have my crew do it. That way, my tenant agrees to that up front in writing, which means if I walk in here and, and we suddenly have a blue bedroom and I left you with an off-white bedroom, well, that's going to cost you $684 to, let's say, if I'm just making a number up, for, to paint that bedroom. So keep that in mind. If they know what they're getting into up front, and this is just my personal experience, you're going to have less issues down the road. So do you really want to paint the bedroom blue and, and put pink polka dots on it? It's going to cost you $685 for me to make it right again, and that's if there's no primer required. If there's primer required, that's going to be twice as much because that's per coat of paint. So think about that. Prompt notification. For things that tenants are not responsible for, it's up to them to contact you in a timely manner. Now, this is going to vary from state to state, okay? Understand that. This is going to be very differently from state to state. That's why I'm saying it twice because I want you to understand that. If they don't contact you and any other damages caused by the original problem, then in a lot of cases that gives you grounds at least reasonably in court, to pay a claim against their, their security deposit. Don't be afraid, folks, to make a claim against somebody's security deposit. However, that said, that's not being a bad guy or being a bad girl. That's being somebody that's responsible and taking care of the properties for the future owner, the future tenants, okay? You have a responsibility as a tenant, or as a landlord, rather, I believe, to raise your rent every year so that you can continue to maintain the profitability and therefore maintain the property. If you are trying to save the world by letting all your tenants stay there for a decade with no rent increases, the property is going to wind up falling into disrepair, and that's going to make you a slumlord. Nobody wants to be a slumlord, so just avoid that, folks, and take good care of the properties by making sure that you collect a good rent amount that will allow you to be profitable and will allow you to cover wear and tear items and repairs. If the tenants can't get a hold of you, so make sure if you get a property manager that they're reachable. How do you do that? Well, I try to call them at different hours of the day and evening to make sure that I can reach them. And if I can reach them, and I'll call them from different phones on purpose to make sure that because if they're screening their calls, obviously they're going to answer if they see it's Tyler because they work for me. But so what I will do is Use one of my VoIP lines or my Skype line to call them to see if how quickly they answer. This also, guys, is a good thing to do. The average property manager has more than one unit probably for rent at any given time if they're doing a whole bunch of units. I want to know that somebody's answering the phone to interview prospective tenants. So think about that for a second. But you want to make sure that the lease specifies how quickly they must report issues to you. For me, mine says within 48 hours. However, it must be done within two hours if it's a any sort of a water leak. Okay? If there's a water leak or any type of fluid leak, they were required. They are required to notify us. The tenants are required to notify us within two hours. So keep that in mind. The key here is, guys, that we got to make sure that we document everything. That's the beauty of the lease. So next question you're probably going to have is, Tyler, can we have a copy of your lease? The answer is no, because my lease pertains to my tenants, my properties in my specific markets and municipalities. Okay, my lease in Florida is different than my leases in Tennessee. Therefore, I don't provide documents. Number one, I'm not an attorney, so I shouldn't be providing documents to anybody. That's a no-no. Go get a, use a template you get off the internet, Take go through it completely, then take it to a real estate attorney in your market who is going to be responsible for evicting said dirtbag tenants and make sure that it's legal and legit and then ask them to add anything they think is necessary. So keep that in mind. Garbage, ladies and gentlemen, garbage, rubbish. 
you must decide if you're going to pay the waste disposal fees, so the garbage, and if it's a single-family house, then that's the case. But if it's a apartment building, for example, like on my properties, it's all multifamily, I'm obviously paying the garbage because I'm not going to ask, how do I split up a garbage bill between 100 tenants or whatever? You know, it's not going to work. That would be just too much paperwork for each building. So we just cover the cost of trash. That said, you know, that's a value add for the tenant. So we remind the, the tenant that if they live at your place, they don't have to pay for garbage. At least that's what we do. Now they get trash outs and things like this. Like there's a fourplex around the corner from me. And every time a tenant moves out, they stack stuff to the heavens up by the curb. You see couches and old televisions. And it's amazing, by the way, not to get on a sidetrack, but how many old crappy televisions exist in today's society? I mean, good God, they got rid of the, the Chevy Vega. You'd think some of those big old honking televisions that weigh 7,000 pounds would have already made it to the landfill, but people are still... Still dragging those things out of apartments. I can't believe people are dragging those things around with them. Anyway, I digress. My point is this, I'm bringing this up with the televisions. Things like televisions, a lot of times the trash companies, depending on where you are, they won't come take them. They're worried about hazmat or whatever. So you got to take them to a special place a lot of times. Not everywhere, but a lot of times you have to take them somewhere and dispose of them. So you're going to want to make sure you put that in your lease that when the tenants, number one, how they're supposed to dispose of trash, what's the procedure? Not out the front door if you don't have a trash valet and you take it to the dumpster and the dumpster is located on the southeast corner of the property, let's say, or the trash can located adjacent to your unit. And if you move or have anything that can't fit in the trash can, that you have to be notified as the landlord within, I don't know, eight to 24 hours, whatever it may be, and that those extra charges will be passed on to the tenant uh, at the time of disposal. Because I've had situations to where tenant puts a couch at the curb and the dumpster, the trash guys come and take it. And then I get a bill for 50 bucks because they charged me extra for that. Well, though I got caught short because I didn't have that addressed specifically in my lease. And basically the, the tenant bothered their way of dealing with that situation was to tell me I was number one with their middle finger. So I had to eat that $50 bill. What am I going to do? Hire an attorney to go sue him for 50 bucks? No. Attorney's going to charge me three grand to get $50. That just doesn't make sense. Lawn work. Now I know that some of you are probably listening to this up in the polar vortex of Chicago or wherever the heck you're from. Uh, Utah, like my boy, Matt, I was just talking to Matt before we got on this call, but um, lawn work, I'm sure it doesn't snow where you are all the time unless maybe you're in Alaska, but even in Alaska, I think grass grows sometimes. But think about lawn work and yard work. And if you're in a snow country, is it snow removal? For a single family house, I would probably be more inclined to have the tenant take care of their own snow removal unless they were elderly. And then in that case, maybe I would include it with the rent. And heck, for that matter, maybe I make it a profit center. But keep in mind, here's the downside of lawn work. I like to have the tenants take care of it to a point, but there I have a lot of properties lately. The ones we've taken on the last couple of years, we've decided to, to take care of the lawn work ourselves. Well, not ourselves, but we have a lawn companies come do it for us because we want to maintain the quality. These are higher end properties. They're real nice. We've got real fancy palms and all these different plants in the Florida properties. So we will have companies come take care of it and we don't require the tenants to take care of it. However, if that's not the case, you don't have any type of special landscaping or things like that. Spelled out in the lease, who's going to take care of that? They got to take care of you. You're going to make them take care of the landscaping needs. Make sure the property's free of hazards. If they want to put a garden in, make sure it doesn't violate state or local ordinances. Believe it or not, the government in some cases regulates gardens. I've heard that recently. People are not allowed to have gardens in some in some areas, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. Isn't that how we all started by growing our own food? But whatever, I'm not going to get off on that topic. So if the property, but understand this, if the property is fined because of failure to maintain landscaping, you better make that responsible in the lease. If the tenant is responsible to, to maintain the landscaping, whether it be grass or snow removal or whatever it may be, and they don't do that, you need to put something in the lease that gives you the ability to pass those fines on to them. Now, at the end of the day, you own the property, so guess who's going to write the check initially, but you better make sure that there's something written in your lease to allow you to seek reimbursement. Otherwise, you're going to be back in court having to deal with this. That doesn't take away from the fact they could still tell you, even if it's in your lease, to pack sand. 
Okay. And you still may have to get your attorney involved, but I could say, I tell you this, if it's in your lease, it's pretty much an open and shut case. I believe again, not an attorney, but most of the attorneys I've talked to said, yeah, if it's written in your lease and it makes even, and it's not illegal, right? It's not unlawful. So if your lease has been reviewed by your attorney before you started renting property to people, then you should be good to go. Then a lot of times maybe have the attorney write a letter. Okay. Maybe the attorney charges you an hour labor to write a letter for you saying, Hey, you dirty scumbag. If you don't take care of this, we're going to send you off the tenant jail or something. I don't know but uh, or send, you're going to get hit with a fine or we're going to drag you into court or it's a violation of lease and we can evict you. I don't know what, what every attorney is going to come up with different things they might say, but just think about that, guys. That's just a, a way to get people motivated to get off the dime. If it's written out, at least something you can point to, and I can't tell you how many times that just having something in the lease I can reference to and I can show them, we'll shut them up, okay? They get nothing to complain about. Now, this one is something I'm a big believer in septic systems. I, I'm not, I shouldn't say that. I'm not a believer in septic systems. I'm a believer in, in documenting on properties that have septic systems, uh, what the story is, what's going on. Now, I've fortunately now are free of all properties with septic systems. We just converted one of our properties over from septic to sewer. And I breathe a big sigh of relief because I've been sweating that one. You know, a septic system goes haywire. You could spend on the low side of 7,500, but on the high side of 20, $30,000 getting a septic system replaced and sometimes even more than that. Kevin Bupp's buddy of mine, he does mobile home park and he spends a lot more on septic systems when that's the case. He So much so that I don't even think he buys properties that have septic systems anymore. If he does, he switches them over, has them hooked up to, to uh, government sewers. Please include, if you've got a property with a septic system, I'm not saying don't buy them. I've bought them with septic systems, but they do take a little bit more maintenance and care. You got to treat them gingerly. Now, this one was installed. The one I'm talking about that we just had converted over was installed in 1982 when the building was built and we had it converted over to city. Thank goodness. But it was at the end of its lifetime. Okay. I'm not looking to pass the savings on to a tenant. If the, if the system fails, it's not their fault. If it fails, however, if it is their fault, like they put something down the, the toilet doesn't belong then they're going to pay for the damages. If I got to dig up a drain field and spend 15 grand replacing the drain field or something or, or a main line going out, well, then they're going to pay for that. But you can have to lay that out in the lease. So if the septic system is damaged beyond roots or other natural causes, it's your responsibility to take care of the maintenance fees. If you have items, items listed that cannot be put into drains and put them on your lease, then your tenant has gone ahead and stuffed these things down there. I'm going to say baby toys, sanitary napkins, things like that. It gives you a little bit more evidence. It helps your attorney reclaim or or, you know, have a case towards this. Now that's huge, huge. Now, attorneys, people say attorneys are expensive. They're not when they're winning. Nobody complains about the cost of an attorney when they win for you, right? So make their job easy and make a list of all the things. And you can Google this. Things have been, been flushed down toilets. I can tell you one was concrete. I bought a property once where it was a foreclosure and the owner, before they left the property, poured concrete down the toilets. So we had to replace all of the drain piping throughout as a big three-story house had to replace all of the drain piping because it was completely loaded up and packed solid with concrete unbelievable that somebody would go to that i mean i don't know about you but i'm too lazy to carry bags of concrete up the stairs to the third floor so i could just flush it down the toilet it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but people do it okay regardless and guys if it's there then if it's written on the lease it's going to give you a better leg to stand on. Okay. That's the thing here. The key comes down to document it, document, document, document. If it's not in writing boys and girls, then it doesn't exist. That's just my opinion. Okay. That's just my opinion. So it's never too soon boys and girls to get your leases in place. I can tell you for me, from mindset perspective, once I started working and getting my leases in place, it put me in a different place mentally, emotionally. I started thinking I'm going to be a landlord. I'm going to have tenants. I started really getting serious when I started doing tasks that need to get done. I mean, at some point you're going to need a lease. Might as well not wait to the last minute, get started on it now and get out there and get a lease from somebody local, maybe a real, real estate agent or something like that. Get it out to an attorney or go work with a, a real estate attorney. If you're in the Florida market, I love Sean Yesner, a good friend of mine. He's who does my 
real estate law and frankly I would have him do anything that had to do with leases to me and frankly I think he's a genius when it comes to that stuff so but that's just me so guys hope you found some value I hope you get over to rentometer.com and give them some love it's been a great time guys we will catch up with you next week this concludes today's episode you don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.